Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We are live right here on Football Full Circle. It is FFC all across the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. He is Scott Wetzel. I am Ben Stevens. And Scott, the NFL calendar can be secular, if you will. It can really go around and around. And in the early portion of the offseason, it almost feels like we are exactly where we were at this portion of the offseason a year ago. That is mainly the running back value conversation in the National Football League, all a part of the franchise tag window. We have had the franchise tag window open for exactly a week in the National Football League. It will be open for one more week to go up until Tuesday, March 5th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And although the tags are available, running backs and some of the bigger names at the position in the National Football League are not being tagged. Yeah, apparently not. I, I find that a little amazing, though. Uh, you know, we go, those are the guys that make, you know, basically the least amount of money out of all the prime positions, whether it's quarterback, wide receiver, defensive end, you name it, right? I mean, the running back is the guy that's really not going to cost that, uh, that, that team that much money. So it's not like you're making this big financial commitment. You know, you wonder, okay, has he hit the ceiling, you know, at 27, 28? That's generally when you fall off the cliff as a running back. Hey, who wants to, you know, uh, give $25 million to a guy like that? You, you're not sure, but you, you know, you're giving a guy about 10 to $12 million, you know, and we're talking about prominent names here. Barkley, the face of the New York Giants, Derrick Henry, for the most part, the face of the Tennessee Titans, right? Whole bunch of guys uh, that either got franchised last year or, you know, could be being franchised this year, but the reports indicate that they won't. So um, if you're a buyer out there for a running back, you know, it's going to cost you. You're still going to have to pay yeah. these guys about $10 million, right? But still, I'm surprised that the home team, if you will, is not going to make an effort to go get these guys. Yeah, it will be really interesting to see how it all plays out. Before we dive in deeper to this conversation, running back value once again in the NFL, we welcome in the Sports Grid Radio audience here on Sirius XM Channel 159. 159 is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. This is Football Full Circle. He is Scott Wetzel. I am Ben Stevens. Scott, when you think about those big names that were reported yesterday, their specific NFL franchise will not be tagging them, meaning they are available in free agency you would look at these five big names, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, who all received the franchise tag a year ago. Derrick Henry was eligible. The Titans will let him go in free agency, as well as Austin Eckler for the L.A. Chargers. Scott, we're talking about some of the most recognizable names at the running back position in the National Football League. And for the better part of the last half decade, some of the most productive running backs at that position around the NFL. And yet... Their teams are saying your value to our organization is not worth insert X amount of money, varying levels of that estimated value of a franchise tag based on the current deal structure each individual player has with that specific NFL organization. But let's call it 12 to $13 million. Your value for our organization is not worth that. We wish you the best in testing free agency waters. We got reports from ESPN's Adam Schefter that every one of these teams that is 
letting a running back walk and test the market will try to negotiate a short-term deal with said player. But assuming that doesn't happen, the Giants are very comfortable, Scott, with looking at either the draft, free agency, or one of the young running backs on the roster currently to be that guy moving forward as opposed to paying Saquon Barkley. Yeah, he's not the most surprising one to me on that list, Ben. You know, the, the one that really kind of like, boy, I, I I get Barkley, I guess. He's so injury prone. I mean, I, I, I found the Giants. I make every effort in the world to try and sign him because he, he does offer more than just the, the, the value on the field. He, he's the face of the franchise. And who knows what's going to happen with the Giants after this year with Danny Nichols basically having no more money guaranteed. Jacobs, I could understand a little bit. Pollard, he I was surprised he got franchised last year. He's not on that level. Derrick Henry, I get Tennessee Titans, you know, botting me out completely. Austin Eckler's the one. You know, I mean, you, you bring in Harbaugh, you, you got Harbaugh, now you got uh, Herbert, and then you got Eckler, and you got the wide receivers, and you think, okay, we're going to make a serious run with this thing, and then you're going to let one of your most valuable offensive weapons go because you want to be cheap. You know, you're, you're back to being the uh, the San Diego L.A. Chargers with the Eckler thing. And Jacobs and Barkley and Power got franchise, so I, I guess you understand it from that standpoint as well. Yeah. It's the Eckler one that kind of jumps off the page like, hmm, that's surprising they can't find a way it's not saying that they're going to release these guys like you said they're, they're going to try and work out a deal but yeah if they really don't franchise them that would be the one um that i'd be most surprised with me as well and, and when you think about it scott at this moment and when you look at where the running back stands in the national football league austin eckler was the guy that even more so than saquon barkley and tony pollard who were placed under the tag a year ago or even josh jacobs who threatened to hold out because of that franchise tag tender being placed on them austin eckler was up in arms demanding a trade because he thought he presented more value to the chargers organization than he was receiving in terms of payment which makes sense but it wasn't of course a slam dunk or home run or touchdown year in LA for anybody involved, but also for Austin Eckler. And with a new regime, maybe Jim Harbaugh is saying, hey, you present a lot of value for sure, but we're more focused on building this roster in a different way. It's a new GM. It's a new head coach in Los Angeles. That is the interesting thing when you look around how the running back is valued and positioned. And again, Scott, when you think of those three guys that were tagged a season ago, Saquon Barkley coming off a career year with New York. The Giants won a playoff game on the road in Minnesota. Saquon may be the main reason or at least one of the main reasons New York accomplished that level of success that very few thought Big Blue could do in 2022. Josh Jacobs with a leading rusher in the National Football League in 2022 with more than 1,600 yards on the ground. And Tony Pollard had a career year better than Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke was getting released. Tony Pollard was about to be that lead back for Dallas and neither of those three guys for whatever reason Scott really backed up a career year with a standout season in 2023 so it is difficult in terms of the value conversation to say that we hold this much value I do specifically for this franchise and then kind of fall short of expectation yeah, and I'll tell you the other thing, Ben, with these things, if, if, if you know, and I, I have my doubts about some of these reports, but if these teams actually decide not to franchise these guys, don't forget, the players, I, I don't know how they ever agreed to this, Ben, but they can get franchised and still be traded. So yeah. well, let's just use uh, Eckler, you know, for, for example, since we're talking about him. All right, the Chargers don't want to give him $12 million or so. Okay, you know, maybe the Chargers don't want to do that, but don't forget, everyone else can call the Chargers up and say, hey, listen, you know what, if you don't want to give him $12 million, we will. We'll, we'll take him for a year for $12 million. So go ahead and franchise him and then trade him to us for a fourth or fifth round draft choice or whatever. At least you're getting something for him. So if the, if the teams actually don't franchise them, that means nobody around the league wants to give these guys that kind of money. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, really good point too, Scott, because you could be up for negotiations not only in a free agency type level, but because of those acquisitions that could happen around the NFL. And I'm sure that's all a part of the negotiating process that the Chargers have with Eckler's representation, that the Chargers are using in terms of where Austin Eckler stands around the National Football League. We'll continue the value conversation around the running backs before transitioning to what the Bears are going to do with the number one overall pick up next here on Football Full Circle. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We are live right here on Football Full Circle. It is FFC, all a part of the Sports Grid Radio Network. So, Scott, here we are once again having a conversation about running back value and the value that position holds in the NFL for a second consecutive offseason with a lot of the same names and guys that we did just a season ago. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. Now we add in the King, Derrick Henry, and Austin Eckler. Five very big names around the NFL who will not be placed under the franchise tag by their respective organization. Some will test the market in free agency. Others might renegotiate a short-term deal with their specific NFL organization. But Scott, again, it comes down to the idea of value. And you can understand why one of the best running backs in the NFL, or one of the five or ten or top half of the NFL in terms of running backs, would think they are worth the money they are. But you also then must understand from the NFL organization standpoint how to go about the running back position as well because there is that short shelf life. And there also is the structure of rookie deals in the National Football League draft. If you are a first-round pick, it is a four-year deal with a fifth-year team option. If you are picked on day number two, it is a four-year deal. If you are picked in day number three, rounds four through seven, a three-year deal. So for NFL franchises... They can continuously have a surplus of running back talent in their supply on cheap or relatively inexpensive rookie deals before they ever let somebody get to free agency to see what that market value would be and continue the process each and every year. It is one of the reasons, Scott, we haven't seen a running back since Nick Chubb sign a long-term contract extension at that position in the National Football League. Yeah, and, and where was Nick Chubb last year, right? Uh, on the bench because he got hurt, and, and and that's generally why you don't do it. I mean, think about this, Ben. We're, we're talking about the creme de la cremes of the running back position. Derrick Henry last year, as bad as Houston season was, or Houston, bad as, uh, date myself, bad as Tennessee's season was last year, uh, and, and maybe Derrick Henry wasn't Derrick Henry of previous years, he was still the number 10 Running back in the NFL? No. Number five? No. Four? No. Three? No. He was the second leading runner in the NFL last year. And yet his current team, Tennessee, which is as bad as bad can be, somehow or another thinks that they're going to be better without him next year where we're not going to at least franchise him to make sure he's going to be on our team. I mean, what other position could you take the second most productive player and have that team say, you know what? We'll take our chances we don't sign up to a long-term deal we won't franchise them i mean it's just it's amazing how it's not that they don't they're not any good it's just that the guys that are second and third down the line aren't that far off from being star star players i guess or really good players 26 players last year ran for 800 yards or more and that's yeah. that's basically a person a team you know, oh, 25 really because uh, lamar jackson was one of them but you know 25 running backs that, that's that's a lot of productivity on your team. I guess you're not going to go out on a limb. I don't know. I'd find a way to make sure Derrick Henry's on my football team. 
Yeah, I would as well. And it seems as though you might be able to, in a way, get a cheap deal on Derrick Henry, who still looks productive despite the fact he is getting up there in terms of his NFL shelf life. At least that's where things stand. When you think about Nick Chubb, for instance, Scott, that three-year, $36 million deal signed back in 2021. He is coming up on one of the final years of this deal, and there is a thought by the Cleveland Browns that instead of the $6 billion dead cap hit that Nick Chubb would cost them this year, they would only have to pay $4 million in dead cap money. That would be a $6 million cap hit, $4 million in dead cap money if they choose to release him. So the guy that signed the last really long-term deal in three years, $36 million, is not necessarily super long-term, but that is really where the running back position stands in the NFL for Nick Chubb that it might make more sense for Cleveland to cut him than to pay him this year, of course, as he suffered that gruesome knee injury week number two against the Pittsburgh Steelers. At his best, Nick Chubb is still one of the best, if not the best running backs in the National Football League, but it all comes to the value. They are not saying, Scott, nobody in Tennessee is saying, Derek, you're washed. You don't got it anymore. Saquon, we don't see you as a prominent feature of this offense offensive attack. Austin Eckler, you can do everything. You can run the football. You can be involved out of the passing game. That would be huge for Justin Herbert. It was Greg Roman, the new offensive coordinator in Los Angeles, that said, just imagine how productive Justin Herbert could be with a solid ground game, which will be the focus of Greg Roman and Jim Harbaugh. It's not the Chargers saying, hey, we don't see you being that guy necessarily, or hey, we don't see you as a focal point of this offense, or you stink, or you are bad. That is not why we are, that is why we are not paying you. It's just we're not going to pay you what you are asking because you do not present all that much value in return to our organization. That's why we find ourselves at this impasse with the running back conversation. But you would think, Ben, right, at least I would, uh, that now that we have a $30 million increase in the salary cap, right? I mean, yeah, shouldn't exactly. that just open up the eyes of all these GMs? And again, maybe not the guys that were already franchised the one time, but but, but Eckler and, and Henry to me. Wouldn't you think, wow, hey, we were just given a life raft. Boy, we, we have a chance now to keep one of our best players that we didn't think we'd have because we didn't think the salary cap was going to be this high. And now they're giving us $30 extra million, even with $30 extra million to spend on a position that would be the lowest paid outside of kickers when it comes to these franchise tags. And yet yeah. these still these teams still apparently don't think it's it's necessary to keep these guys. Yeah. Boy, I, I don't I don't get it. I think they feel as though they can get discounts elsewhere. For instance, the Titans, Tajay Spears, who they drafted last year, day number two out of Tulane. He was a big factor toward the end of the year. He's going to be the factor moving forward. Scott, there's a lot of thought that before a quarterback takes in a lot of cap space from your team, you want to broker around rookie deals to fill out the rest of your roster. I think that's how NFL organizations and front offices look at the run back position. Why do we need to even spend $10 million in franchise tag this guy if we could get that fourth round pick we are very high on and we pay him a million dollars per year that saves us whatever astronomical amount of money or percentage it is i'm not saying i agree with it i just think that's where the nfl organizations are right now it would not seem to make a ton of sense because austin eckler is still that guy or derrick henry could still be that guy but that is really where the value conversation and the return on investment comes into play for these nfl teams but you know what? That explains why Christian McCaffrey, you know, the, the number one yeah. guy, Derrick Henry number two, that explains why Christian McCaffrey was traded and didn't even get a number one back in return. Right? You got the best running back statistically and, and arguably in Christian McCaffrey in the NFL. He gets traded a couple years ago and the team doesn't even get a number one. And now we got the second leading running back in Derrick Henry, maybe not being franchised because they don't deem them valuable enough because they think they can go get running back, go get other running backs. Right? I mean, yep. There's got to be some GM that says, okay, you know what? I'll take these guys. Yeah, fine. You, you don't want Derrick Henry. You don't want Christian McCaffrey. I, you know, that's great trade by San Fran. Now, they gave up a bunch of lower yep. picks. They didn't get it for free. Don't get me wrong. But ultimately, they didn't give up a number one. So I, I, I don't know. There's, like I said, there's going to be a GM that says it's going to be old school and says, all right, I'll do it. I'll, I'll yep. give Der Derrick Henry a shot. I'll give Eckler a shot. You know, I'll give some of these guys a shot. Absolutely. For and again, if you make the mistake, Ben, to me, that, that that's the downside 
downside of it all. You make a mistake, okay, he falls off the cliff. These running backs do have you know prone to do that, but you're you're spending twelve million dollars. That that's yeah. not that that's chump change for some of these other position players. You would think so. Certainly so. Christian McCaffrey, the NFL's highest paid running back, signed a four-year deal worth $64 million. Again, at the time, the highest salary for the running back position in the National Football League back in April of 2020. But when he was traded to San Francisco last year in 2022, they renegotiated the deal that keeps him under wraps with San Francisco through 2025. He is set to make $11.8 million this year in 2024, $12 million next year in 2025. And that's Christian McCaffrey topping out at $12 million per year for San Francisco. And that would seem to be the guy, Scott, with everything he does for a team, for an offense that would be worth every penny. And it's still $12 million in annual average salary for next season. We're back here on Football Full Circle next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. Live right here on Football Full Circle, it is FFC. So, Scott, from running backs to quarterbacks, we go. Of course, the NFL draft will start with the Chicago Bears. As of this moment, the Bears are on the clock with that first overall pick. There has been a ton of conversation, of course, about what the Bears are going to do with that first overall pick. Are they going to get rid of Justin Fields, part ways with Fields, and draft Caleb Williams first overall? Would they trade that number one overall selection and hold on to Justin Fields entering his fourth year in the National Football League. Well, Bears GM Ryan Poles said earlier today that if the team does decide to draft a quarterback with the number one overall pick, he doesn't think it would be right to not trade Justin Fields before free agency begins. Virtually trying to do right by Justin Fields before free agency truly gets underway in the middle of March. Of course, that would still be about a month out from the start of the NFL draft. That's Thursday, April 25th. Yeah, um, you would think he would know by now as well, right? I mean, certainly he's got to have an idea whether he thinks that Justin Fields is an NFL quarterback or not. Well, let's just say he thinks, yeah, he is. He's, he can be pretty good, but okay. So how long is it going to take him to go over game films and everything else to make a decision on, you know, the two probably, you know, at most three quarterbacks he'd consider taking, yeah. right, number one overall? I would think, Ben, if it was me and, and, and my job is on the line here, uh, you know, this is what I do for, you know, my, from my my profession is, is, you know, be able to evaluate talent. I know by now. Now he said yesterday he he doesn't. He or today he actually said no master plan at this point. No way yeah. to reveal. Blah 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 blah. Um, you know what? I, I would have no problem saying yeah, we're going to take a quarterback number one. So highest bidder for Justin Fields. He's been great, nice guy. But you know, obviously we're going to take a quarterback. Then then uh, we're going to move Fields. I, I don't know why it would take him this long to figure out his own quarterback and then another quarterback that he's been watching for how many months now, right? I mean, well, what's he going to learn? Unless he wants to talk to the guy, you know, and, and make sure that he's not a knucklehead. But 
from the football standpoint, I would think he'd have his decision made. For sure. I think he can say whatever he wants. I think it would be the correct thing to continue to say. They're doing their due diligence. They hope to have a any sort of resolution here very, very soon as it is approaching Combine Week in Indianapolis. Starting this week, quarterbacks working out on Saturday. Caleb Williams not expected to throw as we shared yesterday on the show, Scott, here on FFC. I think Ryan Poles is saying all of the right things, that he wants to do right by Justin Fields to let him test the market if that's what is going to happen or trade him away I don't think they would release Justin Fields at this point but for me Scott I think the Bears know what they want to do when whenever that becomes public knowledge whether that becomes public knowledge here very soon I'm not entirely sure but I think the Bears have a very strong indication of what they are doing and I think ultimately that is going to be parting ways with Justin Fields and drafting Caleb Williams first overall yeah, and then the question is, what do they get for him? And I, I do believe that a team will give a number one, Ben. I, I really, and I'd almost not, and I'm not a Fields guy. I, I'm not, but, but he's, you know, he shows some ability. But I, I can't help but think there's not a GM out there that says, boy, I love Fields coming out of college, boy. And you know what? The things were so bad in, in Chicago. It's tough to throw anyway in Chicago. And they had no wide receivers and this and that. And I'm going to get him and I'm going to make him my reclamation project. And I, I think he is worth the number one. So let's let's do it. Um, out of 31 other GMs, you're telling me there's not at least one that sees his potential still. You know, he, this isn't his uh, third or fourth go around. It would only be his second go around. I'd be very surprised if they didn't get a number one yeah I you know that's my thing Scott what do they get in return you have said number one I don't know if that's going to be that just based on the idea frankly that when it comes down to it a quarterback is like a car even the shiniest new sports car that you could ask for at over a hundred thousand dollars as soon as it takes a single drive off the lot as soon as it hits that public road it just doesn't have as much value not to say that somebody won't believe in Justin Fields that he is worthy of a first round pick but will Chicago get that back in return I would think Scott it's probably a second or a third rounder and then a grouping of picks after that second round pick and a fifth rounder third round pick and then a fourth and a sixth as well something of that sort of trade package back for Justin Fields if they could get a number one I think they would jump at that chance and jump at that deal as quickly as it became available I'm just not sure there's going to be that opening day draft pick for Justin Fields in return if, you, if you're not going to get a number one let's say you're right let, let's say you get a, uh, a realistically maybe a conditional number two right so you get a, a third maybe guarantee third fourth guarantee and then a conditional little higher does it really make you have to move him ben you, you bring in a quarterback let's say it's caleb williams right yeah. do you really want to automatically hand him the keys to the franchise you know I, I know that worked with stroud but how'd that work with bryce young you know for every positive i could probably give you two or three negatives where it's not the worst thing in the world for the guy to sit on the bench all right so let, let's just say you might my scenario you, you don't trade justin fields and he does win the starting quarterback job and he plays great Okay, now now what do you do with Caleb Williams? Well, then you make your decision again. Just like you're making your decision now on whether it's going to be Williams or Fields, now you make your decision on Williams and Fields a year in. And now if you want to trade Fields off a great year, now you can get a number one for him. Let's say Fields bottoms out. All right, if he bottoms out, he bottoms out. All right, so we, we, we wasted a year, but we got, you know, uh, Caleb Williams on the bench learning the NFL and the ways of the NFL and this and that. And then uh, we, we start just one year later in our reclamation project versus, you know, doing it in 2024. Uh, and then maybe you don't get as much for Justin Fields. I know, but what are you sacrificing? A third-round draft choice? You know, you're not – if you're not going to get that number one, I'm not sacrificing a number one by playing Fields and keeping him on my roster. I'm always sacrificing sacrificing a number three and then maybe, maybe I could still get a, a fifth or sixth round pick who knows from so I don't think you know, yeah. the Bears have indicated yes they are if they use a quarterback they're going to trade fields but I don't think that should be an automatic in Chicago yeah 
You're not bringing up a wrong point there, Scott, right? Like, he is still under contract. He could still provide some value. The Niners held on to Trey Lance, or at least had all indications to hang on to Trey Lance until they ended up trading him before the season got underway. In return, Dallas gave back, I think it was a third or a fourth round draft pick for Trey Lance, who was the third overall pick in that 2021 NFL draft, the same draft that Justin Fields went 11th overall. Not comparing the two players, Trey Lance not nearly as large of a sample size in the National Football League as Justin Fields, and I still believe there's a higher upside on Justin Fields than there is for Trey Lance, but just trying to present some of that value. You also, I think, run the risk if you keep Justin Fields on the roster, does he become any bit more valuable, or has he already tapped out at what that maximum value would be? And Scott, we talked about this last week. I think there are numerous suitors for Justin Fields in the National Football League. We looked at the top 20 or so of the 2024 NFL Draft. I think you could make an argument from anywhere from 8 to 10 to maybe even 12 teams have a quarterback question to be answered either through free agency, through a big trade, through the NFL Draft. And I think there's a couple of teams that maybe are not in the best position in terms of selecting a quarterback early on in the opening round like the Atlanta Falcons, maybe like a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20th overall, that would certainly be in the market, I think at least interested in the idea of Justin Fields for the right price in return. Washington Commanders, maybe. New head coach, new regime. Uh, you know, the, yeah, the, there's a bunch that, that you could say, all right, you know what? Uh, we, we got a first round or a second, third round pick, whatever it's going to end up being. Uh, yeah, well, we'll take yeah. a flyer on him, you know, since what we have right now. And we're not in a position to go get one of those top five quarterbacks coming out of college unless we, you know, move up in a draft. So that, that's why I say that there's got to be one, right? No matter what they end up getting. You, you'd have to believe the Bears are asking for a number one, right? I mean, I, I don't think they're going into this thing saying, okay, teams, if you give us a number two or number three, yeah. it's yours. Um, they have to be asking, and now it's whether a team will come to that equation. And and now the, here's the sales game, right? And if you're the Bears, well, I got three teams on the line. You know, they're all asking for it. You know, they're all want you know for a first or a second or a third. And you know, you got to make it. You know, you got to be a salesman as a GM. You got to tell the world, listen, he's got all his potential, top 35 runner. And you this, that, what have you. He could throw. He's Lamar Jackson light. He could definitely do the job with a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, I, I I think they will. I, like I said, I, I, I'd be I'm really surprised if they didn't. Um, because these GMs are dopeies. These are the same GMs that don't want Derrick Henry. These are the same GMs that don't want Austin Eckler on the teams, right? So whenever you start using logic with the NFL, I'll, I'll give you examples of how they could be illogical. So yeah. someone's got to be illogical enough to say, all right, I'll throw a number one, maybe a conditional number one. I'll, I'll go a conditional yeah. number one. We win nine games, eight games. He throws for, you know, 30 touchdowns, whatever it is, then, then we'll give you the number one because he's clearly our quarterback right. in the future. Right? It was part of the Aaron Rodgers trade package and the conversations of what that was going to be in return right. to Green Bay. We knew it was going to be the Jets, but then who had the leverage? Who had the bargaining power on their side? It turned out that Green Bay, who had that conditional first-round pick back from New York, it didn't emerge into that first-round pick because Aaron Rodgers, of course, did not play 65% of the snaps a season ago. It's all part of the brokering and the negotiating that these two sides will engage in whoever ends up being that suitor for Justin Fields if ultimately the Bears do make that change and a trade at the quarterback spot. That we shall see. We're also getting to the point where in Combine we, we are going to hear from these GMs and we are going to hear from these front office execs and we are going to hear from the coaches and even the prospects themselves. That is really going to start to happen over these next 24-48 hours in Indianapolis. We'll have some early talks about combine week up next here on football full circle what we expect to hear who will say what and who might be the biggest movers and shakers this week in indianapolis stay with us up next on football full circle sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. Live right here on Football Full Circle, it is FFC. Scott, it is Combine Week in Indianapolis. And part of it is the workouts, part of it is the measurements, part of it is all the extravagance that is in Indianapolis. Another aspect of it all is just hearing it from those big figures around the National Football League that we really haven't in some time. That could be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Super Bowl champs that we haven't heard from now in a few weeks. That could be teams that were bounced from playoff contention late in December at the end of the regular season, maybe even in early January. Teams and players and coaches that we haven't really heard from. Front office executives and of course those prospects looking to take the next leap into the National Football League. That is part of the fun of Indianapolis. It is why the event has become such a large-scale deal in the NFL calendar each and every offseason. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a great thing, right? I mean, it, it's like going to a car show if you're looking to buy a car. I mean, you got every single GM uh, for the most part, you know, all the head coaches, all your disposal, all the rumors, all the talks, all the, all the, the decision makers, they're all right there. I mean, it's it's almost like now forget about the actual college players. Let me get to all these other guys and, and, go, and go figure out, you know, what is Pittsburgh doing with their quarterback position? What is Washington doing? What, is the, what are the Giants going to do? This, that, what have you. So it's actually a lot of fun, um, you know, as far as gathering information, all kind of stories and rumors. I don't know how much you really believe out of all this stuff. I, I think, you know, I, I listed a couple things here. I still think San Francisco's decision to take the ball with Kyle Shanahan, if Shanahan is there, uh, Ben, will still be a major talk. I, 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 doubt, I don't doubt for a second that's going to come up again. Um, I think even making that rule for regulation games, or regular season games, uh, will, yeah. be, will be discussed. Um, which really, you know, I don't know why it wouldn't. You know, if you're allowing... The team that that gets the ball second, they give up a field goal. You know, if you're allowing that second possession, then why can't you just put in stone that, okay, if the team scores a touchdown first possession, you get the ball just like you would if they kicked the field goal. And if you you score a touchdown, you got to go for two. That's it. There's there's no more ties after that. You got to go for two. Or if the team misses the extra point after the first score, you you, you can go for one, obviously. But it it could be done. I I do think we're going to get to that point. It doesn't. You know, make a whole lot of sense. You can get the ball if the opposing team only scores a field goal, but you can't get the ball if the opposing team scores a touchdown. Why not? You know, if you're worried yeah. about time and, and effort and, and, you know, players' health and all this other, same amount of time. So, I think, I, but I do think that'll be a, a big topic uh, when yeah. they all get together. And, and that's part of it, Scott, right? What's your draft strategy? Who are you looking at? What is a position of need? And then also any big picture conversation around what your season was or what you expect your season to be. That is certainly going to be a part of all of this when it comes down to these conversations in Indianapolis. And we mentioned it just a couple of minutes ago. We do not expect Caleb Williams to throw at the scouting combine in Indianapolis. He will go through the measurements in all of that, but how it's extensive will his workout be on Saturday that remains to be seen it does not mean though that Caleb Williams will not be speaking with the media or not be meeting of course with these NFL clubs that's part of what 
Combine Week is in its essence, Scott. These NFL teams having an opportunity to sit down face-to-face really for the first time with these prospects they are interested in. And it's been well noted how wacky the questions can be and how weird those questions might come out of GMs or front office execs at general times. That's just kind of how things are. They ask you some wild questions where you really kind of bat an eye and are like, what exactly? How does this do with football? But that's part of the combine. And there is a thought, Scott, that maybe some of this is overblown. And I could hear that side of the argument. But I think the best front offices, the best draft evaluators are using the combine for its intended purpose. Just a small part, a small component of the overall draft evaluation of any given prospect for whatever their draft evaluation method is. It is not the be-all, end-all. It is not 55% where the game tape is 45%. It is a part of the sample size that you will use. Athletic and physical profile, how those meetings went, how those interviews went to end up making your selections in the NFL draft. I kind of love Combine Week, but maybe I'm a little bit weird that way. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I used to have the, the late, great Gil Brand on my show all the time. And, uh, you know, one of the questions I, I remember asking him was like, Gil, if, if anyone knew, you would know. I said, why do they have these combines and they have these guys in shorts running these drills? You know, there isn't a football player alive that plays the game in shorts. Why, why don't you, when, when you have the running backs and the wide receivers do their 40-yard dashes, how come you don't have them with their shoulder pads on and the pants on and, you know, do it like it's a, a, a game? This way you get an idea. Deal. You know, some guy in shorts can run a 4-3, but put him in pads, he's, he's running a 4-6. I said, like, why don't they do stuff like that? Make it more like a, a game situation. Put a defensive back on a wide receiver. And his answer, Ben, was basically, I don't know, Scott. This is how we started doing it, and, uh, you know, the, the players agree to this stuff. Um, so we, we don't change it because we, we, you know, alluding to the fact that he was worried the players might not go to these combines anymore. And while I disagreed with that premise, it's what you just said. I I think the combines have now become more, all right, whatever it takes. You know, Caleb Williams doesn't want to throw, no big deal. Personally, I think it's stupid. I mean, how bad can you be? But, okay, as long as he's coming into these camps, as long as he's willing to be interviewed, this is our one shot of being able to sit down with a guy. He has to talk to us for whatever minutes. I think it's like five minutes or whatever it is for each interview. Um, But it's it's that eye-opening experience. It's not the the throwing and the running and and all that other stuff. That's all fine. But I, I think they value talking to a player for five to ten minutes minutes, whatever it is, so much more than the actual numbers that they don't want to screw around with some of this stuff. But I still think yeah. it's funny. You, you, or you, you know how guy, fast the guy can be in, in shorts. Great. What, what is that going to do? You know? Exactly. Right. And I think there is some of the athletic profile where you hit certain numbers and thresholds and you're like, whoa. That's kind of crazy. Like Anthony Richardson, for instance, last year. Did it really matter the way that he plays quarterback to see him run a 4-4-40, one of the fastest times recorded for a quarterback at the scouting combine? Did it really matter to see his vertical leap that was 45 inches, the highest ever we have seen out of the quarterback position at the NFL combine? Maybe not in terms of how Indianapolis actually felt about him playing quarterback and being their face of the franchise. Does it leave you kind of with your eyes wide open saying, ooh, now this guy is something. This guy really could be this athletic mold that we would want in our offensive system. Maybe, right? Is it a plus? I would think so. Could it be a negative to be slower than they thought? I would hope not, right? I don't really think the combine should detract from your ability or your evaluation as a football prospect. Just go to the tape and find that out, how they actually play the sport. But I think some of the athletic prowess, especially if it's a little bit under the radar, that can only benefit a prospect. At least that's how I would deem it. Scott, we did hear that a certain few quarterbacks are expected to throw on Saturday, namely J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. Drake May is in Indianapolis at the Combine. No word just yet on if he will throw during workouts on Saturday afternoon. So J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. will throw. Again, that's just noteworthy in terms of where things stand. And again, Scott, we've talked about this. The quarterback maybe six of them that could be in first round consideration Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels and then the other three that I would say Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy 
Yeah. I don't understand why a quarterback wouldn't throw. And to me, yeah, I'm an all-in or all-out guy, Ben. I just If you're going to go to the combine, then you're going to go to the combine and go ahead and throw. I mean, how bad are you afraid to be that if you're Caleb Williams, right, consensus number one, and then maybe you waffle a little bit with, with Jaden Daniels, but I, I don't know. I, I'd want every opportunity to shine and, and show the, the NFL execs that, yeah, I, I can play a quarter. I mean, how bad what, what am I going to throw the ball 10 feet over the, the, the uh, wide receiver's head every Every single throw. I mean, um, I, like I said, I, I don't know how bad they expect or fear themselves to be that they're not going to throw. It's, it's throwing. It's what you do for a living. It's what you want to do yeah. for a living. Um, but maybe I, I guess they're afraid. But that, but that tells me a little something. But I'm sure you could come up with a, a laundry's list of quarterbacks that didn't throw that end up being great NFL quarterbacks. But it yeah. does, you know, for for me, that's a little bit of a red flag. Really, you're afraid. You're, you're you're afraid to fail. I don't want a quarterback who's afraid to fail. I'll take a fat offensive lineman who's afraid to fail. I'll I'll, I'll get that out of him. But I don't I don't want the quarterback afraid to fail. I don't want the wide receiver or the running back even afraid to fail. I need those guys to be aggressive. So yeah, I, I that, would, that would be a red flag to me. Not that I wouldn't draft him, but it's still I don't quite get that for quarterbacks. Yeah, and I would agree, right? You're throwing on air still. You're throwing to wide receivers. You have no defensive pressure in your face. You're not throwing against the secondary by any means. If you are going to be even remotely successful in the National Football League, that should be your field day. That should be everything you could hope for, just to rope a couple of throws in there and show off. And that is oftentimes what happens at a pro day. But in a pro day, it's more coordinated. You can kind of plan things out. It's all the weird things, Scott, right? It's the optics of it all. A football game and what you see on tape is what actually played out. The optics of it all is a little bit different. I guess when you go through the combine or you go through pro days, you are basically auditioning and interviewing and maybe if it's your true persona or not, it's just part of that. Again, that's why the tape matters more in my estimation and I think a lot of football people's estimation when you look at how they actually played against this opponent in a, in a football game in those game situations. Not if you can hit a 15-yard dig route to a guy that's going to go in the fifth <laughs> round at the wide receiver position where there wasn't any defense on the field as well. Yeah, and not to mention like two months after you know the regular season has ended, so any kind of sharpness that you would have during a regular season is probably gone. I would think that would be acceptable. I, I think it's, it's part of the overall picture, right? It's it's not the answer you give to some of these goofy questions. It's just your your reaction, right? Does your mother wear army boots, right? Does the guy laugh when you ask him that question, or does he get yeah. up and get in your face? You know, you it's it's the overall, you know. It, if it's arm strength, listen, they're going to find out at your pro day if your arm isn't as strong as they think it is. So, And I don't put a whole lot into the accuracy at these things. So, uh, But it's the overall picture of just meeting with these guys, I guess, and, and uh, you know seeing their reactions. And you can tell if a guy's a dope. But... Uh, you know, there were stories about C.J. Stroud. Supposedly, they, they leaked out his yeah. t- tests, you know, and, and he supposedly dropped. It's funny. I read an article on that on, on Pro Football Talk, which is a good site. I, I like that. But they named, like, three possibilities of who would have, like, leaked that story. And the most obvious one is the one that they didn't include as the three. And the most obvious one to me would be Houston. You know, they didn't want the Carolina Panthers to draft him number one. So they would leak out that C.J. Stroud was, uh, you know, maybe a dope. Um, but you, you get all kind of these goofy stories, um, so it, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll get you know all, all the, the crazy questions and, and, and everything else. Hopefully, they keep it all within the line and no one crosses the line, as we've seen these teams do with some of these questions. Yeah, there's some uh, you know players and agents out there, Scott, telling their players to not take the cognitive test that C.J. Stroud did a season ago. That came out to be kind of false in some of the information that was shared about him, but certainly hurt his draft stock in a negative way to only win the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, to be an MVP consideration at certain junctures, and to lead his Houston team with a rookie head coach as well to a playoff spot. All for a guy that had a porous draft cycle, if you think about it. Not based on performance during either the Combine or at Ohio State's Pro Day in Columbus. And by the way, Stroud did throw at the Combine in Indianapolis a season ago. Bryce Young did not. 
for all of that to harp on the prospect in a negative way, for that prospect to either prove doubters wrong or ultimately just end up being that second overall pick, as we kind of expected would be the case initially. We'll round out this edition of Football Full Circle on the other side of the break, live right here on Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We're live right here on FFC. It is football full circle for just a few more minutes here all across the Sports Grid radio network. So, Scott, again, it is Combine Week. We are hearing from movers and shakers around the National Football League. And within the last hour, Sean Payton was at the podium in Indianapolis, about to enter year number two as the Broncos head coach following another disastrous season in Denver. When he was asked about Russell Wilson's future with the team, Sean Payton said a decision on the quarterback will come, quote, within the next two weeks, end quote. Ultimately, when you think about that, Scott, what do you think that decision is for Denver? Yeah, either trade him or cut him. And I don't know if you could trade him because that would mean that teams would have to take on his massive salary. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to cut him. Um, you know, you offer words like that, you know, and it's teams like that and it's players like that, that, you know, lessen the bill for the Chicago Bears when they want to try and get top value for Justin Fields. And the team says, well, you know, we can go get, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, who's a hell of a lot more accomplished, you know, for, for basically nothing. So, uh, yeah. but I don't think he's going to be on that team, Ben. Um, he didn't play the last couple of games he's saying all the right thing both sides are saying all the right things that that to me sounds like it's going to be a parting of the ways in a couple of weeks yeah I do as well Scott I don't think there's gonna be a lot of interest as you said given Russell Wilson's current contract and how much money you would have to take on it's going to be a dead cap hit for the Denver Broncos that will be substantial not nearly as much as retaining Russell Wilson and paying him out through the remainder of his contract all of it though just in my estimation a total and utter disaster by George Payton and the Broncos front office to trade for Russell Wilson to give up the six draft picks including three first rounders that you did for Russ for all of it or two first rounders and a couple of second rounders as well to give up all you did for Russell Wilson for those to be the results over the past two years the kind of moves got that set back a franchise frankly where things stand for the Broncos moving forward we will continue the conversation this week in Indianapolis during combine week and everything around the world of football tomorrow on football full circle starting at noon eastern time here on sports grid radio join us then Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 